Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always by Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. And uh, boys, I am living, I feel like I'm living a country song today in that uh, my wife has the flu and my car died and I'm supposed to go to Arkansas in three days. Oh, your, so, your car died. That feels like uh, a, a dearly loved old friend loss. That's not like, a, that's not like, oh, my Honda Civic. That's, that dude, like yeah, the cat, man, the. The, the caddy that's it's been with me for a long time so uh, i'm pretty sad I, I don't know how dead it is it still has to be like diagnosed and we have to get the official word but uh but yeah man i'm kind of reeling it's been uh, it's been a tough morning boys so mm. but it's, uh, i'm gonna it's try to be that, a pro it's reached that point in its life like when a you know people get to a certain age where like you hear you hear grandma gets a broken hip and you're like ooh, this could be the end uh yeah exactly. it's, it's like the broken hip for an old cadillac Dude, that's it. When you have an old car, like every everything could be the end. You know what I mean? Because you're always weighing like how much will this cost to fix versus how much is the car worth? And um, yeah, it's tough, man. It's, it's a tough conversation to have, pipe for sure. But uh, boys, I'm going to pour myself a cup of Ligaris Roasters coffee and uh, and buck up and just be a pro uh, because that's what uh, that's what we do in this business. And that's uh, maybe you guys can teach me some things about my enneagram that could help me through this tough time. Um, Let's let's save that for a little bit later, though. Uh, head to happyrantpodcast.com. Get your tickets for uh, Together for the Rant, live in Louisville, too. Uh, grab yourself a bag of Ligaris Roasters coffee and, uh, and join us in those things. But, uh, boys, we have plenty to talk about, uh, namely the Olympics. Uh, the Winter Olympics have started. Um, this apparently happens like every four years, and it's apparently – where is it this time? Some Is it like Korea? I don't know how to pronounce that. Well, it's, yeah. it's yeah, it's somewhere in South Korea, uh, not far from North Korea. Spell uh, it, pipe. What is it? I, it honest, starts with I, a P. Honestly, I have no idea. Interesting. I have I have paid. Uh, I, the only attention I have paid is whatever my Twitter feed has forced down my throat. Yeah, who 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 cares about the Olympics, pipe? Like literally, I mean, I mean that in the most earnest way possible. I'm not saying who cares. The, like, who the cares? same people who live tweet red carpet events. You know, it's like the oh, you know the pe- the people who are like live tweeting the dresses and the interviews yeah. for the Grammys and the Oscars. I'm pretty sure that's the Winter Olympics crowd. Interesting pipe. I don't think I could name one athlete in the Winter Olympics. Oh, let me think. Um, Besides, like the snowboarder, right? What's his name with Sean, the red hair? Sean White. Sean White. Ke- is he still Ke- doing it? Is he still? I don't know. Yeah, I don't, is he? He's still doing it. Yeah, because wow. I saw this like crazy epic. Uh, well, they showed it during the Super Bowl. This crazy, like, epic commercial where they're like playing like the, you know, like the the music where he's getting all pumped music. up and like yeah, literally yeah. like his whole life is on the line this year again, of course. And <laughs> oh, by the way, it's spelled P Y E O N G Chang twenty eighteen Olympic Winter Games. Interesting. Well, that's a terrible hashtag for uh, for for any purposes because it's like half your characters, even with the two hundred and eighty character limit. It's bad. Uh, I, I let's see. There's there's a skier. Her name is uh, Lindsey Vaughn. Like that's right. Like there, she used to be married to Tiger Woods, or am I making that up? Where am I getting that? Was maybe that, she was dated him. I, well, let's go with it. I mean, yeah. Fact checking is for the birds. So absolutely. Uh, I I'm gonna go with that. I other than that, I don't know that I can name any. Well, here's the thing. I don't think I could name half the sports. And sports are in scare quotes. 
for uh for this particular event like when you start to combine like sledding with with uh sequins and shooting rifles and it's like you call that a sport i you've lost me and then and then it's and then it's a judged competition which means it's it's still like anything that is determined by judges is a is already questionable as a sport yeah that's true i totally agree pipe big r have you watched any olympic coverage thus far yeah, I was I was at a uh, I was at a restaurant a couple nights ago and I accidentally <laughs> watched it because they had a big TV that was right in front of us and uh, they were showing like the which I don't really mind like those crazy downhill ski jumps to me are fascinating because they are. it almost looks like they invented a way to fly and if they yeah. could just keep floating and not land then they would have they would have figured that out right and so whenever <laughs> I'm watching them I'm always thinking like like this is the craziest thing in the world and when they show the little like when they show the little like view of them, like looking down where they're starting the start point down that ramp, I just it's feel terrifying. like this is the craziest, most terrible. Like that's the kind of stuff that you have nightmares about. Like oh, at absolutely. least I do. Yeah. Yeah. That sensation it's- of falling indefinitely. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. But at the same yeah. time, it's fascinating and I wish I could do it, you know? So yeah. Yeah. I kind of get a kick out of that, but like, it's like, I watch it for about 10 minutes and then you just kind of go cool. And you're, you, you've got it right. You're good. Well, yeah. I feel like that is like, that that is the winter olympics is you watch something for about 5 minutes and you go oh that's cool and then they keep doing the same thing over and over I mean technically that's all sports for me pipe but yeah i get what you're saying it fe- yeah it feels very repetitious but they're all scripted routines like it's everything is on a track or everything is a scripted routine at least like in basketball or football there's like there's the chance for an athlete to show off something and surprise you like you can be surprised on any given play whereas like in figure skating the judges know what they're supposed to do and they judge them according to how well they do it. It's like, it's like watching, uh, it's like watching a short play except on ice with really weird costumes. But you know, what's weird. It feels like figure skating. It feels like that's the one that everybody goes like cuckoo for cocoa puffs over. Like that's like the NFL of winter Olympics. Like everyone's just like nutty. No, it's it's the dancing with the stars of the winter Olympics because it's again, same crowd. It's not like you NFL fans, football fans. I knew you weren't going to like that fight, but well, I threw it out there. Yeah, well, it was a bad comparison. Um, popularity. I'm talking but, popularity. But, but the other thing is anybody watches it for five minutes and they're immediately judging the technique of these people who spend their entire life <laughs> doing this. They're like, oh, the, you know, did you see her form on that? Her arms were loose. You know, Dude, do- that, that was really points. like grind their gears to have a bunch of slobs once every four years like – Watching you do this incredibly intricate thing that you you devote your life to, and and then a bunch of slobs get to like basically judge it every four years. Maybe you know what's interesting about that is um, I, I find it you know I'll probably catch a little bit of it you know on accident just like I did the down like the ski jumping. If you're at a, I, if you're at a restaurant, Piper, if I'm, Piper, if I'm at a restaurant with one of those big screens, right? Piper, do you feel like Ron just is consuming all of his tele uh, his television at restaurants now? Well, yeah, he acc- he accidentally watched the Super Bowl in the exact same fashion, right? Whoops! I, I I just happened upon the I, Super Bowl. It, and sports that happen at dinner time—that is Ronnie's sports consumption. Dude, sports at dinner time—we could talk about. That's the in that's a restaurant the sweet spot for bigger in a restaurant. restaurant. Happens to yeah. be showing it, right? Which I have no control over. I'm not changing the channel. Dude, so you're getting none of the audio. You're probably seeing it like over some guy's shoulder. So it's not ideal, but at least oh, it's, zero yeah. audio, which is actually ideal for me. But that's just me. But um, no, what I was going to say was though, when you watch figure skating, I- I'll tell you what it does for me, Big T. What's is that? it kind of puts me in a mindset of, of stress and anxiety because mm-hmm. like. 
I'm just wait when they do those quadruple axles or whatever they're called. I'm always so afraid they're not going to land it that I'm yeah. sitting there and I'm kind of on edge like, oh, no, she's going to spin 209 times and not land properly and fall. And there's something stressful about that. Well, yeah. And, and if she falls, it thereby invalidates the last four Absolutely. years. Absolutely. You know, the, <laughs> those four years are wrong. There were wash. Here's the crazy thing. I just I just found this out yesterday. So there are skaters who go through their routine and they fall and they still score better than another skater who nails their routine because because they had a higher degree of difficulty. So you get your one of the stupidest things about this sport is that you get awarded for failure for trying something difficult, whereas somebody else knows their limits and they're like, you know what? I can't do the quadruple, but I can do the triple. They nail it, but they get a lower score because, because they didn't try something insane. Dude, you know what I want to see just once some guy or some girl, because they're in the midst of like some existential, you know, angst or whatever. I just want to see him go out there and just like skate around in a circle. That like you and I would so do epic. like at the mall, you know what I mean? Like a mall figure is skating rink. You just kind of, you feel good about yourself. If you just go around in a circle, I want to, she'd be like, she'd be like, I'm just going for this new, like minimalist. It's minimalist. Life. I'm glum. You know, she comes out in like sweatpants and like a, like a, I don't know, uh, hold, Indiana hold, university holding hoodie. a pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Dude. Yeah. Holding some Ben and Jerry's ice cream and, and just skating in a circle. I would love to see that. That would be incredible. That'd be so worth it to me. Punk rock. Have, yeah, have you guys right. ever seen anything about how somebody learns how to ski jump or do like one of those snowboarding tricks? We you know they're like 28 feet I, in I the air. Literally, I literally always think that like the first guy that, that started to train to learn how to do the ski jump. I mean, what, what did he set up like a little BMX like, you know, ramp in his backyard with skis on? Like, how do you learn? How do you get to that point where you're going like, you know, 20 miles through the air? Dude, I feel how, like your dad has to do it. It has to be a legacy thing. You wouldn't just try it. You know what it's I mean? It's fascinating, though. I think it's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Well, boys, also fascinating. What's, what's more fascinating than us, right, than ourselves? And uh, we touched on this last time. Um, I don't know if, if you guys are getting any heat for our Enneagram discussion. Um, it just the, the episode would have dropped today in radio time. So um, I don't know if, if you guys have gotten any blowback about that. But uh, Big R, you... You dropped a ton of topics on us for this episode, so I think I think Leisure is agreeing with you, wouldn't you say, Pipe? The the big R seems cre- fresh. The creative the juices ideas. are flowing, that's for sure. Oh man, the ideas are just flying out of him. And one of the ideas was, uh, what's our enneagram? Um, and Big R, I'm going to need some clarification because I don't know if you mean our enneagram just as a show. If you had to like assign like a number or whatever to the, to the show itself, or our individual enneagrams. What did you? Yeah, mean I think. I think I meant individual. I think it would be literally impossible to assign an any to the show, to be quite honest. Interesting. Well, I don't know. I don't know that much about it. So I'm deferring to the to the any guy in the in the room. But uh, Big R, since this was your topic and it's kind of your passion, let's talk about you first. So what's your Enneagram? So my any is a uh, I'm a four three. So a four is kind of the uh, the four wing three. Four wing three and a three is kind of the effective guy, which means I'm an art guy that actually gets art done. I like that. Uh, I like the wing terminology. Where do we get that? Is it what that's just the terminology? Yeah. So you're okay. your primary. So four would be what I primarily am. The next closest thing to me that kind of informs some of my fourness would be a three. And then you have you have a percentage of all other nine of the numbers that they mm-hmm. that they have laid out as well. So you you have something of everything. 
you just have a higher percentage of the of the main thing. Obviously. So you're you're an art guy that gets stuff done. Well, that sounds fabulous. That's like, how I just like that. to say it. I just I just like to say it like that. It's a little more complex than that, but that's the easiest way to say it to people it, that are kind it of. It also kidding. it also paints you in the most positive light. Yeah, it makes you sound Absolutely. amazing. So what's what's like a bad thing about your thing? Four wing three. What, well, what's, see, when we say bad, the word we use is unresourceful. Oh, so. Judas H. Priest. That's the most ridiculous <laughs> thing in the world. Unresourceful. Well, we don't say bad because bad is it's it's not bad or good. It's just who you are. Bad right? is only one yeah. syllable and it's super easy absolutely. to say. But, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it also has a moral component, whereas unresourceful is uh, has to do with, you know, your ability to direct these things and, and yes. use them properly. Perfect. Oh, Judas. All right. Okay. So what's an unresourceful thing about, about your deal? About my, oh gosh, man, I, where do I begin? Because I'm a four, I actually, I actually tend to dwell more on the unresourceful bad things than I do the positive mm. things. So yeah, fours are um, like melancholy mopers when they're at their worst, right? We are. We're very, uh, we're very narcissistic. We think the whole world revolves around us. We want to be special. So that's why I can never like NFL football because everybody likes NFL and that doesn't make me special enough to, mm-hmm. you know, to sort of, you know, you know, bend into something that the that the public consumes. The what if you played do. in the NFL and you were the biggest star? Would you would you still hate it because everyone liked it or would you like it because it was about you? You'd probably be hard pressed to find a four. You're not going to find a lot of athletes who are fours probably. But yeah, I would just – my public image and everything would have to be completely different to that of everybody else on the team. I would have to be the most special, most different football player on the team. Like even a guy that doesn't even really like football but he's just there to like make a living doing it. Don't 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 put me into that football camp. I just do this because that's what I do. But that's not really who I am. That's what a four would be as an NFL guy. And he would, and he would write for the Players' Tribune constantly. Right. I would do that more than I would be out there training with the team during the week. Right. Just anything to not put myself down, you know, down the typical, you know, trodden path that everybody else on the team would go down. Right. I would have to be different than that. So that's kind of like that's those are some of the things that stick out about a a four. And they're all pretty uh, they're all pretty horrible to be. I wish we could swear on the show, Piper. (laughs) What, what, What number does that make me wishing I could swear on my own program? Oh, you just got to take it again, Big T, so that we know who you are. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to guess about who you would be, too. I'm trying to try and guess because I literally have no idea. You guys, I don't have time to take a leak anymore in my life. I don't have time to take the Enneagram. I took it like a year ago and I forgot uh, what I was. So I don't know who I am anymore. And I need I need you guys to tell me. So you might be a five, six or you might be a. Uh, I don't know, man. Five wing six. Can I five can wing I, six? I, guess, a, I want to do the wing. That was a resor- that was a resourceful use of terminology, Ted. Yeah, thank you, Barnabas. <laughs> thank you for validating me in that well, way. Well, because you used that resourceful wing of terminology, I need to uh, change your any right now. But uh, okay, what's a yeah. five? What's a five wing six? What are we looking at there? Five would mean you're kind of a heady guy. Um, you uh, kind of the overanalyzer, right? You're kind of the yeah. You kind of you kind of analyze a lot. You're an overanalyzer. Uh, six would mean you're kind of a like a loyalist. Mm. Um, so I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't have all of the, I don't have all the stats in front of me. I'm not a yeah. certified any dude. Here. Yeah. Dude, you got to get your any cert, man. Could you, could you bang that out over sabbatical? Could that be I really a- can. In fact, I got a guy that's, uh, that keeps asking me to get it because he's a certified guy and he's like, he can give me the certification. If I go through his training, he's like, you got to do it. You got to do it. Shoot his priest. That'd be so funny. You should do it. You should do it. Um, Piper, what do you think I am? And then I want to hear what you are. All right. Well, I'm I'm trying to think. I have I only have moderate knowledge of the Enneagram. Let's see. One is a perfectionist. Two is a like a perpetual helper. Three is a what is that like the 
uh, the accomplisher or something. Like they're yeah. always the, the achiever. Four is yeah. the four is the feeler, moper. Five is the thinker, analyzer. Six is what'd you say, loyalist? Yeah. Seven is like the party guy. We yeah, like the good- yeah, constantly constantly chasing the new and exciting thing. Uh, mm. Eight eight is like the the assassin. Just eight is kind of like most uh, lead like, pastors of big churches. Yeah, they you know mm. take something you know take charge of everything, and then nine uh-huh. is I forget what nine is. What's nine? Nine is the uh, um, oh shoot, I'm blanking out, man. It's just all the pressure being on being shoot, on the air. You're right never now. gonna get certified with that attitude. I'm not. I know. I'm not. I'm I'm out. I'm yeah. already out. I, yeah. yeah. I, it, uh, Shoot, no, I forget. I forget what nine is, but I don't know. Let me see. I would put Ted. I would put Ted in the. Uh, Ted feels very much like a four to me as well, but a different sort of four than you, because mm. you, very creative, very much does not like to be pinned in a box of, mm-hmm. of or labeled, mm-hmm. uh, and loves the sort of darker melancholia of things. Um, <laughs> yeah. I could see like a like a four or five, something like maybe, that. maybe five. a five, four. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. What we'll five know. four four five? I'll take it, boys. I'll take. Actually, a big M just told me she said nine is what I thought Ted might be. So we need to find out what a nine is. What is nine? Judas Priest. We nobody knows. Oh, Let me look at it. Up. Only there was Google. If only what that is existed. In Enneagram. This is Enneagram. This is really compelling. I know. I'm, I'm googling. Uh, Type nine. Enneagram type nine. The peacemaker. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that, I do a lot of that, man. He, here's the role I play in life. Yeah. Two people are in conflict. I'm in the middle. They're 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 both dumping their gar- like their trash on me. You know what I mean? I'm that guy. You're probably a nine. You you might be a nine one. Big T. You might be a nine one, dude. What's the I, one? I kinda, um. What, what did you just say? What, the one what was is like the the perfectionist. Like con- like no. I'm not that. No, yeah. that's not nine eight. Maybe you probably have some eight in you, though, man. You wanna, you kind of wanna, you kind of wanna dominate the world. You kind of wanna do it. Yeah, maybe you might I have wanna dominate the world, Judas. I don't know. You want to <laughs> dominate your world? You know? I want to dominate my Piper. What are you? I don't uh, want to talk about me anymore. I'm done with this. <laughs> Boy, you're you're just you, you know what? Classic you're, nine. Classic you are, nine. You are not in the proper enneagram spirit because the enneagram spirit says I want to talk about me. Um, yeah, that is how this. Works. Only if you're a four. If you're a four, that's true, Pipe. But yeah, go on. What are you? Uh, yes, man? not if you're a two or a nine. Um, I am at least at least what the what the test told me is that I'm a seven eight wing. Wow, I would have never guessed that in a thousand years, Pipe. I, Take it again. But I think I might be more of an eight than a seven. But I don't know. I just would have never put you at a seven. Don't be offended. Um, well, but I, yeah, I mean, there, eight. there are a- aspects of my personality that are seven ish, but I'm also like the seven is never the curmudgeon. And that is definitely me a, a fair portion of the time. So I don't know. Eight. But all of them have curmudgeon aspects to them. Right. So all of them when they're sorry, Big T, when they're unresourceful, they all carry a bit of a curmudgeon like aspect to them. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so maybe I'm just maybe I'm just really unresourceful. Like maybe that's maybe that's just me in a nutshell is uh, is is unresourceful. But so yeah, seven is like the it, like at they're they're sort of the the life of the party uh, a good portion of the time when they're at their best. Um, and then the eight is the like dynamic aggressive leader type 
neither of which totally gets captures me because I tend to just go against the flow. So if everybody else is like enthusiastic, I'm going to be the one sitting at the back of the room with my arms crossed and uh, I will take charge if needed, but I'm not likely to just run in there and grab hold of the reins either. So yeah, that's not very aid at all. So So, I don't know. An eight has to take the the bull by the reins. The other thing too is take the any a couple times because the first time you're just kind of lying. It's what you wish you were, what you want to be. And it's not really who you are. So that's it's tough. It's like any of these tests when you're clicking off these things and you're so, like, this is who I want to be, but it's not really who so you are. So the first time you take it is like it's like you're dating. It's it's the false self you put forward to try to, to try I think, to so convince I think for some it. people, yeah. I think it can be. So yeah. Ted, I think you need to take it again because you were dating it the first time and then you totally forgot that whole dating experience. Yeah, I think I probably did. I, I was dating and I just didn't like it very much. So I I, I never called it back. You know? Dude, words can't express how little I care about this. Um, <laughs> that makes me but so I, happy to hear you say that. But I will take it again. I'll take it again for you guys because because you're my friends and I'm a, I'm a loyalist. I'm a four wing nine, whatever. Alyssa just said she'd bet money. That's cash money, by the way, that you are a nine one. So take it twice and let's see what you are. All right, dude. I don't give a crap, though. Seriously. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got classic nine one. Dude, way. I got so many other things on my plate, man. I, I, I could I could care less, but I'll, I'll do it when I when I need a break. And, and Take just... that seven minutes out of your day, Big T, and, and do right. the end. There you go. All right. All right Judas Priest. And then, and then seven days to talk about it. Six um, days. Six, six days. Six, six days. Always six days. Always six days. Uh, boys, I was in the middle of a text um, when you guys were talking about the any. So let me let me flip back to our show prep. Um, all right. Do we want to do Piper? I'm going to I'm going to give you a choice here of some other uh, Ron Martin topics that he put in front of us. And you you can pick. Do we want to do our three favorite things in the world or do we want to talk about uh, our favorite hymn slash least favorite worship tune? Uh Let's let's go let's go favorite hymn and uh, and worship tune simply because um, we don't talk about a ton of favorites on this. We make fun of lots of things, but favorites is kind of cool. That's true. Yeah, and and three favorite things in the world is a little broad. Although we could we could tack that onto the end if we have time. So so all right, Pipe. Let's start with you. Favorite uh, favorite hymn, least favorite worship song. Well, let's start with least favorite worship song. In spite of what I just said about never talking about favorites. Um, I can't name any worship songs because they they're all the same in my head. Just sing the chorus, pipe. Sing the chorus for I, us. I, literally, that'll, that'll it's it's just a not joking. I it is a mash of words in my head. There's there's vague allusions to the Old Testament. There's lots of water imagery. There might be some fire and some clouds, but off the top of my head, I can think of almost no songs individually. <clears throat> um, Dude, what are they singing at Ray Ortland's church? These oh, days? we. I mean, they do some, but I just can't remember what they are. The hymns are always what stands out to me because I actually like those. Um, let's see. Oh, you know, you know, there's a couple. There's a couple that the Austin Stone worship uh, folks put out themselves. One is called "Jesus Is Better," and the other is called "You Never Change." Uh, those would be <laughs> those would be two worship songs that I like. They're almost hymns. In terms of worship songs that I don't like, it's just about everything else. <laughs> I don't know if that's I don't know if that's actually helpful but I I it's telling that I can't pick a worship song out. If you guys started naming them I might be like, "Oh right, that one." But they genuinely all just mash up in my head into a vague like dancing in river while rain falls in the days of Elijah uh Oh dude, you, you just know, named a really things. bad one. 
Yeah, it's that. Oh, that. Yes. Is that an actual song? Days of Elijah? I know it's a line from a it song. Is. That's that it song is, is yeah. horrendous. Dude. That's the worst. Maybe that's my least favorite. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good that's a good one to have as a least fave, man. What is your least favorite run? Dude, um, I gosh. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. I, some that just pop out is I hate um, I hate that one that's with the chorus that just says your grace is enough like 574 times like, you know, during the. You know, it's just your grace is enough, whatever it does, you know, over and over and over again. Um, that one literally drives me crazy. And I feel I mean, I, you know, we don't do that at our place. And I granted, I don't I don't I'm not in a I'm not in the kind of uh, environment where I hear it a lot. But when I do, I just think, oh, my gosh. But I know it's this big popular song. The other one is uh, that our your love, our love is our love is greater. Your love is stronger. Your our uh-huh. God is higher than any other. I That one just literally. I think it's called Our God, maybe. Like, it just drives me that, crazy. That song, should be, that song should be called Good Job, God. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you did it. And there's that, there's that line about, like, the phoenix rising from the ashes, and you're like, oh, cool. You know, we're, like, that's Clearly awesome. reading Harry Potter while writing that song. Yeah, singing about phoenixes <laughs> now on Sunday. It's sweet. But, um, yeah, I don't know that one. And then uh, I, I mean, this is a song me and Big T used to make fun of was that song Indescribable. <laughs> Maybe remember that? I do, I do. Remember yeah. we used to replace that word with every other word when we, we would we would modify the lyrics. That yeah. that, that song that, should be me, that song just, should be renamed Adjectives. Oh, it's just yeah. I mean it's actually I mean whatever, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's one of those ones that gets in your gets in your head, but then it gets in your crawl, right? And you're just like, ugh, like this is not what I need stuck in my head. It's not, it's not, it's not putting me in that, that worshipful space. It's yeah, actually here we go, pipe. agitated, you know? Adjectival, <laughs> uncontainable. Right? It there it is. I think you, na- you nailed it. It was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I like mm. it. I don't know. What about you, Big T? Name one that, uh, name okay, one that I'm gonna- gets on you. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna name my favorite hymn first. So uh, my favorite hymn is uh, "It Is Well with My Soul." Oh, yeah. um, that's old, that's old near the top for me. That's a that's an awesome song. Yeah, it's so good, man. It's so so good. So that one that one was easy. But so my least favorite worship tune. I'm kind of like you, Piper. I can't really like necessarily name them or, or put my finger on them. But sometimes our church will do they'll do some of these songs and they'll they'll just do them at like a shoegaze dirge pace. You know what I mean? And any, anytime that happens, I feel like I don't like that song. Um, and I don't know if it's just like the song itself or, or whoever's leading worship that day, but yeah, sometimes it gets real shoegazy and, and my mind just kind of like checks out, you know, um, it's too easy to start thinking about other stuff. So, uh, so I think, I think those would qualify as my least favorite. I think, man, there's this one song, I, maybe you guys don't know the title, uh, maybe you guys don't recognize the title, but this this one of I hate even saying this, but I'm going to say it. We were they usually play it at conferences, and it's called Revelation Song, and I okay. literally can't stand it. How's and it, go? it it, it get, I don't even know. Is but, it the We I, Will I, Dance on the Streets That Are Golden song? No, it's just this, it's it's kind of like how you just described Big T, where it's like slow and long. I hate the chords, I hate the melody, but it's one that's supposed to be kind of ethereal and kind of deep, and you know, and it just it drives me up the wall. We were at a conference one time, and they started it, and I looked at Big M. And I oh, said, dude. I, li- I cannot do this. And I walked to the back. Dude, I'm looking at this right now. Our church does this song. And this is the shoegaze one that I was talking I about. I cannot stand that song for the life of me. Yeah, Worthy is the Lamb who... Yes, we're sorry. Was that what you said, Pipe? I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the lyrical content is good. I no, I was, think, I was thinking back to it's one fun. that's older. 
No, the yeah. lyrics are fine. It's just the melody. It's the way it's done. I just, I, it, it just evokes nothing but irritation in me. Yeah, this one's real shoegaze, man. I mean, yeah. I, uh, I think an all-time worst worship song is uh, In the Secret. Now, I realize this is a throwback. We're going back 20 years now. But <clears throat> In the Secret, In the Quiet Place, that song, that— What's the chorus, Pipe? Uh, I don't remember. In the Secret, In the Quiet Place, In the Stillness, You Are There. Oh, and then the chorus is I want to touch you, I want to hold your hand, or oh, something like that. Right. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's yeah. like— it, it's like inappropriate. That, that song yeah. is, yeah, that song is somebody's <laughs> Me Too moment. That's a, oh wow, that that song <laughs> yeah. is terrible. Yeah, yeah, that's a really bad one. That's kind of one that gets sort of they they people kind of pick that one out as like is sort of the the what were they thinking moment and why are we singing this kind of a thing. Yeah, but it's it's also yeah exactly it's it's like how how did we miss this? How did we? I don't miss- think I don't think we did. I think just the guy that wrote it got a hit out of it. And everybody felt like they needed to start singing like when, it. When I was in high school, there's so there's a local Christian college uh, in, in the Twin Cities that would do this Sunday evening, what they would call Vespers, which is really funny because that's a yeah. Catholic worship nighttime thing. But uh, and, and it was basically just it was basically just a, a night of worship. And I don't know if they did it every Sunday night or not, but it was like the trendy thing for local evangelical kids to go to. I'm having flashbacks nods and also wondering what we were thinking. But we would go to this. And and that song made an appearance once a month for like three straight years. Yeah. And and what how how? I mean, unless unless it was cause cause that was like pre-irony. So you know they weren't playing it ironically. Like this was an actual uh, attempt at a worshipful experience, and that's that's baffling to me. Mm. It was probably just it was it was a lot of it's just the mood, right? So it's not even the lyrics. Some of these songs you're describing have the lyrics are fine, right? But it's just it's sort of the mood. It's the, yeah. it's sort of the it's the tempo. It's like it's like these you know you know guitar players are able to use these really long sustaining chords, and it feels like you're it feels like you're you're in the interlude section of like a Coldplay concert, and they feel like mm-hmm. they're evoking all of this atmosphere. And so it's like that was that's kind of been the trend over the last 15 years. But then, you know, uh, you know, songs like the Revelation song, I think, probably came out of that move. I don't know. I could be totally wrong, but it just feels like it. And it just I don't know. Sometimes it just like like Ted, what you were saying, like some like does my patience need to be tested? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, my gosh. Um, Let let me say this, though. It's I I think in in regards to that vis-a-vis. Like me, like I am a very impatient person. Like my patience does need to be tested. Like I, I think, right. I think it's not them; it's me. You know what I mean? Like because I look around the church and I see other people like enjoying the song, and like I'm, I'm asking myself, like, why can't I be one of them? You know, like why, why, what's, what's deficient in me that I'm not enjoying this? What's you know deficient what in me that I just want to get to the sermon? Do, do you think that there are people who just enjoy all worship yes. songs because it's, it's like that's the time? Like yes. it's, it's the time for enjoying all of these songs and they literally never think about what is sung. Mm. I, I think, I mean, yeah, I think some so. people, it's yeah. like radio listeners where they just go, yeah, I just kind of like everything. Like, what do you like? I just kind of like everything. Yeah, I know. But like what? Like if you have to pick something, what do you like? Oh, you know, I don't know. I just kind of I just listen to everything. I'm just I like everything. I think yeah, it's, it's like people. Or, or like the the Caleb slogan where it's what is it? Positive words, encouraging music like that's that is worship music to them. It's like it's positive. It's encouraging. And and there's not a ton of, uh, I don't know, focus on what is being sung or how it's being sung. And I mean, it's probably mm-hmm. the it's probably the curse of all of us that, you know, Ronnie has a musical background and 
all of us are word people and writers and pay attention to how sentences are put together and, you know, how poetic something is, which means we can tear apart just about anything. But uh, I, I also look around and I'm like, there's a lot of just sheep who will sing anything like I mean, there, there used to be worship songs with choruses that were la, 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 la. And people would sing it as if that was worship. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Great time to be alive. Great time to be alive. What, what's Absolutely. your favorite hymn, Ron? Or fav- some of your favorites? Yeah, I like, you know, I like some of the newer um, hymns that have been written. I really, there's this a song that uh, Bobby Kay, that the Coughlins wrote, Sovereign Grace, mm-hmm. called O Lamb of God, which to me is just, um, just like one of the greatest hymns like ever written. It was written like a couple years ago. But I do, I like, you know, I like some of the, I mean, we, we do a lot of the older stuff like it as well. I mean, I really, I really love, and again, I, there's a reason why we're drawn to those kind of songs, not just because it's trendy to like old hymns, but because, I mean, the, the lyrics actually do like speak to sort of like the inner workings of, uh, of, of something, you know, inside of us that is, that's, you know, that's longing for God. And so I, I think, um, I think that's why we're drawn to those things and why when we, when we do get to some of these more, you know, later hymns where they're really repetitious and they're just saying things and they're, they're a little too basic. I think we just kind of push against things being too basic. And I don't, I don't think that's wrong. You know, I mean, I think, uh, you know, but again, we're going to sing whatever's presented to us. We don't get a choice in the moment to go, hey, hold on, pal. I need you to stop, reverse, go back to that other song again. And so, you know, we're all in those situations, you know, unless you're in my situation and then you get to choose it all. Right. But yeah, I'm kind true. of that's, I'm kind of jealous of being able to choose it all. Yeah, that's heady stuff. Big R. It's nice. It's nice to be able to choose it all. Like with with my God, we get I get to choose it all. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. that's that's really nice. Well, we, we have a list that to choose from that. Everything on it, I, I practically like. Yeah, so there you, but you got to plan a church to be able to do that. That's yeah. So know. that's that seems like classic ape behavior. Like you really want to rule the world. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, everybody wants to rule the world. That's why tears for fears. A little tears for fears in the worship set. Little acoustic oh, tears for fears. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we sing shout and uh, shout. Let it all out. The yeah. world. You know, we we usually do our benediction with uh, everybody wants to rule the world. <laughs> These yeah, are the things I can do without. Come right. on. I'm, ta- I'm talking to you, God. Right? Right. <laughs> little uh, something happens and I'm head over heels, you know? You know, we do Seeds of Love during communion. Oh, dude, I love Seeds of we Love. Have, we have Tears for Fears weeks at at, uh, at our <laughs> church, you know, where everything's just a... It's, dude, it's like... Almost all those songs, especially Seeds of Love, could work as worship songs in a, in a really <laughs> crappy church, is, is all I'm saying. You know, I mean, Church of Fears was actually their lyrics were so dark. Um, in some ways, they really could. They really could. Yeah. They're they're like old hymns in some. That's ways. what I'm saying. They're like old hymns. They're amazing. That's <laughs> oh, amazing, dude. I do like Tears for Fears though. I feel like if 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 somebody slipped some of that into like our church lineup, it would be a good thing. Dude, you know? their first two records are just definitive like moments, man. Yeah, they're I terrific. Mean, songs are just unbelievable. Exactly. They're terrific. More Tears yeah. for Fears. There it is, people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Boys, have have we indeed wandered to and fro throughout this episode? I'm gonna I'm gonna posit that question to to the two of you. I'd like your input on whether or not we've wandered to and fro. I feel very toed and froed, if that's what I you're do asking. too. Do you mean two like on the enneagram two or like two as in <laughs> to and fro? Dude, have we wandered to wing fro on the on the program? <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of a two. Yes, a, a, that is what we have fro. done. Yeah, I think we have. We have two wing froed. Boys, we have indeed two wing froed, and until next time. Rachel the Held Evans. 
The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Need more of God's power in your life? I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical tips on how to grow your faith through prayer. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.